All right, everybody, Jimmy Warren here. Welcome to a brand new episode and edition of Guitar Talk. Before I get into who's my guest, just a reminder, uh, Saturday, November 12th, I'm going to be playing at the Grandel Theater in St. Louis. Show starts at 7, tickets start at 25 bucks. There's not a whole lot of seats left. It's a beautiful theater. I'm doing the show with uh, another band called Heartless. They're a heart tribute band. The two bands are going to be going at it. It's going to be a great time. You want to come out and hear some original music by me, Jimmy Warren, and my band. This is the place to do it. That's in St. Louis, downtown at the Grandel Theater, Saturday, November 12th at 7 p.m. Now... Another thing, you know, I've been announcing on Guitar Talk and on my social media and everything that I've got a brand new show starting Thursday. Uh, yeah, this Thursday. Yeah, tomorrow. Thursday. It's called Metal Madness, man. I've talked to some of the craziest, wildest, most popular, deep in the weeds, hard rock, heavy metal thrash, dark metal, you name it, man. We got them all on the show. And we're going to kick that show off on Thursday at 10 p.m. You can get it on all streaming services. The same location you get Guitar Talk is where you're going to get Metal Madness. You can also get it at GTTV on our website at guitartalkofficial.com. My first guest, man, go big or go home, is Guar. Guar. That's right, there's going to be some decapitations, there's going to be bodily fluids, it's going to be just pure mayhem and chaos, and I mean that, it's going to be crazy, you're going to want to tune in because it's, it's crazy. So that's going to be Thursday at 10pm, Metal Madness, my brand new show, yeah, it's going to be great. So who's on Guitar Talk today? Well, you're in for... A real treat. One of my favorite bands uh, from back in the day that's managed to stay around forever and just has been one of the best heavy metal rock bands that there's been, and that's Queen's Right. That's right. My guest is Michael Wilton, the lead guitarist and one of the founding members of Queen's Right. You're going to really dig this conversation. We had a good talk about what's going on in the world of Queen's Right with their new material, their tour. Uh, his gear, his playing, his history, oh man, it was a really good time. You are going to enjoy it. So do yourself a favor, sit down, prop your feet up, get a nice cool beverage that satisfies, and check out this conversation with Michael Wilton, with me, Jimmy Warren, right here on Guitar Talk. Hey. Okay. Well, welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah, I see your guitars there on the wall. Looks cool. Um, well, I appreciate it. So are you guys getting ready to kick off a tour? Or have you been on tour and you're just in the middle of something? Or We've been out on tour with Judas Priest for about a week. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought you guys had, you know, been out for a while. You guys are getting ready to go on a cruise, correct? Uh, the cruise is when? That's I think that's in... April. Oh, Next really? Year. Okay. I must have read something wrong then. I must have been looking at something different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nah. Anyway. Yeah. 
anyway, if you don't mind, I'd like to talk about your guitars for a moment before we get into the whole band thing and what's going on with you guys and that. You know, it seems like you have landed on the ESP that uh, that's gold guitar seems to be your go-to. And I'm just curious as to why. What is it about that guitar that, you know, draws you into it, that makes you want to play it? Well, for one, you know, it looks badass. And the skulls <laughs> glow in the dark. <laughs> um, but... uh I've been using ESP for, you know, a few decades now, and they're just workhorses, great touring guitars. Um, you know, I play the, the Strat style with a maple neck, solid. It's good, you know, from like when you're in Florida in the humidity, and then you go to like Colorado where there's no humidity, the necks don't freak out, you know, yeah. so. Um, and it's, you know, I've, I've gone different body uh, woods uh, but kind of like the alder seems to be the most consistent and I've just used them and they sound good you know they uh, they just they're stable on the road you know they're workhorses and I, I just uh, um, just love them you know so I'm not I'm used to them you know you get the Floyd roses put on them and you upgrade those things and um, put better electronics in them and just like you would your car, you know, I guess. Right. <laughs> so. right. Is there, is there certain things about the guitar besides the, the wood and stuff that are, are signature to you? Like for instance, do you have to have a certain kind of pot? Do you use treble boost? Do you have, you know, coil splitting, you know, is there a certain kind of pickup you absolutely have to have, or are you somebody that, you know, you just want, like you say, it's it's a workhorse, so you just want something that, you know, that you can, you know, use, you know, without any kind of complication or any kind of problems or anything like that. Um, well, as far as pickups go, um, in the Strats style, I, I like the uh, ceramic magnet ones. Mm -hmm. I think it gives a, a little smoother high end. Uh, so I use like, uh, I use Seymour Duncan pickups. And um, my guitars either have a, a Duncan Custom or a Duncan Distortion. So, and both of those are ceramic magnets. So I use those. Um, as far as the pots go, I mean, it's usually good for tat. They, they're pretty pretty good, unless you know you're getting horrendous noise or something, you know. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but. Uh, and then the the single coils, I, I think, are just a SSL one and two, or I don't know, some, something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. So, are you a pedal guy? You an analog guy? You a digital guy? Are are you one of those guys that switched to the Kemper now, or the Fractal, or are you still old school? You know, tube heads, wind well, blowing on your knees. It depends on the application. Like, yeah. Um, in the studio, I use, you know, I used my Marshall heads and, and my pedals, and uh, a cable. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and, but I don't take them out on the road. It's not feasible. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> shipping is ridiculous. It's way too expensive, and you're and you're 
stuff gets damaged. You know, yeah. they have gorillas gorillas handling your fragile cargo. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I switched to the Kemper probably, you know, six years ago, mm-hmm. and I profiled my amps. <laughs> you know, right. So I, I, I profiled my Marshall Jubilee. I profiled my my Bogner Fish. I profiled uh, the JCM 120 with my clean sound, which is the Queen's right clean sound. And that's what I use. You know, yeah. and I just, I just adjust the parameters in, in the Kemper. I think the Kemper, you know, in my opinion is, is the best because it, it analyzes, it's an analyzer, right? It analyzes the frequencies and sounds, everything. Yeah. And, you know, that's why you can go direct with it, you know, because it's analyzing a cabinet <clears throat> yeah. and the air and everything. So, but, um, you know, it's, it's just, again, it's, it's consistent. I've never, I've sent one in to get repaired because the screws have gone loose on them, <laughs> you know, and they were yeah. jiggling around and I was nervous that, you know, a screw would, would come loose and, and, short the thing out or something i don't know yeah and yeah. they've been they've been real you know they 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 sent sent me out uh you know basically a new one they just kept the the eprom i guess yeah and put it in and, and then uh that's but the thing is i've tried lots of uh you know other of the uh digital emulate and this one it just it's it reacts fast it's fast it reacts like a guitar amp you know it's the closest thing out there and it just when you're playing it it feels like you're playing a a real amp whereas like some of the other ones they may have more bells and whistles and everything but they're slow you know it's like it's doesn't doesn't have that you know that feel so yeah Yeah. i'm one i'm one of the kemper guys touring because we can put them in pelican cases with foam in a you know secure environment and it's consistency you know right so, uh, so sometimes you know we play a lot of uh festivals right and you have no no setup time you have you know 40 40 minutes to get your stuff on the stage right so we don't, we don't want to be worrying about cabinets, you know, hiring cabinets and speakers out of phase or one speaker's not working or anything like that. We put the Kemper in, you know, we have a mix within one song. Yeah. Whereas uh, the old days, it would take like three songs before your sound man had a mix because, you know, he's scurrying, trying to, you know, dial everything in. So the, the Kemper for us, it just makes sense on the road and you know it's like you don't you don't have the the rocket cargo huge cartage fees so and you know true it's you can take your chances hiring martial heads and take your pedal boards and everything but good luck i've tried that route (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 well you know what you've been doing this a long time you know i mean Mm -hmm. queen's white's been around what since 82 is that correct yeah Yeah, since 82 and like well the end of 81 but yeah 82 is fine 
know? Yeah, dude, I graduated high school in 82. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, yeah, I've been listening to you guys, you know, since then. And, uh, but I can only imagine the changes that you've seen within the industry and within touring over that, that time frame. So, you know, it, I would really like to know how have you been able, how has the band been able to maintain the, the longevity and the history and, and the forward progress that you've had over the years with the changes that are in the atmosphere? Like in 82 or 81, there was an industry, right? There was a record industry. Now it's like, is there one? I'm not so sure anymore. You know, a lot of people would wonder. I don't know in that. So how has Queensryche navigated that in order to stay on top like you have for so long? Well, you know, we're we started out primarily as a touring rock band, you know, and we've just learned to adapt to the changes. And there's obviously, you know, there's been <laughs> lots of challenges, um, uh, you know, and it's it's something that uh you know i mean on the flip side of the music there's the business side you got to be smart you know you got to be savvy and and uh um you know it's just uh we've we've managed to to make this thing work you know we've had record companies go out of business mid tour you know yeah. and we've we've had you know, you know, back in the eighties, you know, it was everything was flourishing. There were record companies; people were buying records. They were buying, you know, CDs, and there were big budgets. There were, you know, bands were doing great, and then just everything, just you know, with technology, just started changing, and so we had to adapt. And mm-hmm. and now, you know, you're you're even in. Uh, a situation with more challenges, right? You get a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you don't know uh, if, uh, if your industry is even going to survive, you know, all, all you find out all your companies you deal with are on bare bone, you know, mm-hmm. uh, situations that it's, it's like theaters are closing, you know, um, places where everybody played, were going out of business and, and it was kind of dire, you know, but we just do what we do. And I think we're, you know, of habit, you know, we're, we're old school. When we want to record an album, we, we, we call it an album. <laughs> we, don't, yeah. we, don't, we don't record a single, <laughs> we record an album. And we record an album in our minds that, you know, you listen to the beginning of it all the way to the end, you know, because we put it together in that kind of a fashion and but we just you know and we were very fortunate and you know we were able to springboard out of the pandemic and get on Judas Priest tour in this spring of this year and that was great and slowly you know we started picking up the touring you know we like 2018 2019 you know we'd go to Europe twice a year we do 60 to 100 shows a year you know so imagine you know all the other hard rock bands metal bands and everything that that you know build their careers on touring 
it's and that's taken away from you that's it's pretty it was a pretty scary time but that being said you know we've we've managed to find the light in the tunnel and we're we're slowly getting back it's still kind of the wild west out here but it's um a lot of congestion um but you know what we we do what we can do and and it's just i think the the key is is uh well you got to love what you do but it's just adapting to change and you know knowing your bottom line and just being smart about it yeah yeah because there's still there's still you know i've talked to many you know bands that still haven't you know gotten back to the place to where they're playing regularly or or touring you know Mm -hmm. on a consistent basis i mean i've talked to some guys that aren't you know haven't played at all still you know so uh i i understand that it's been really difficult it's funny because i went in i i've done i've released nine albums and in 19 i went into the studio to record an album and then you know hopefully get back out on the road and then the pandemic hit and that's how this podcast started because it was like <laughs> what am i going to do you know there's nothing to do now so you know i understand what you mean by adapt and you know and you have to you know in order to stay we're at the level that you've been at you know for as long as you have in that and uh, you ever you ever though during the time of the the pandemic in that was it somewhat welcomed you know, I mean, in the sense of, it, you know, time to, you know, although it was a bad thing, I, I don't want to make light of it or anything, but, you know, I know some guys have said, I, you know, I got to take a breath. I got to focus on my playing. I got to focus on writing songs. You know, I spent more time in my studio. Would you say that it was kind of a welcome time or, you know, your main focus is you just want to be on the road? Well, the thing is, is, you know, that obviously a lot of, uh, uh, in my situation, a lot of, you know, riffs and songs and everything were written, Yeah. but you know, it's like, yeah, you're in a situation where it's like, is anybody going to even care? You know, (laughs) because it's like your, your, your industry is being decimated. Um, but you know, it obviously it's, you do that but you got to survive you know you got to eat um so uh you know we we kept busy in in other ways and and you know it's i don't know i think it was fueled by um a little bit of of the frustration of the pandemic i think you know it had something to do do with that um but uh, you know, it was it just it just kind of had to wait, you know, and wait wait till it was deemed safe to travel, and, and you know, and it's like it was it was frustrating. Yeah, yeah. So, was the new album was it was it written and recorded during that time, or is it something that you just did within you know a year prior to releasing it? Um, well, in January of, of 2021, I, I flew from Seattle down to Florida where Todd, our singer, lives and, and Casey, our drummer, lives. And just to hang out, just to, you know, get out of the house, right? right. And uh, so our producer, Zeus, flew down from Massachusetts. And um, 
and we just talked and you know it's like hey let's let's uh get an album started so then actually that week that i was there i didn't bring a guitar or anything but i used some of todd's guitars yes he, he had a east uh esp guitar so i used that and we started writing you know from just spontaneous riffs spontaneous mm -hmm. things that were flowing through my head and you know and we then the band kind of decided that you know let's let's start fresh let's just be spontaneous and improvise and build the songs with everybody's ideas you know in a room <laughs> yeah not not as far as uh doing the email thing <laughs> Now, is 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 that new for you guys? I mean, do you guys uh, you make it sound like you typically don't get together in a room and collaborate on the songs? It sounds like it could be a distant thing, or maybe is it just a couple of you that that write the songs themselves and everybody just you know does their part? Or what's that process like? Well, well, I mean, like when you record an album, you have a pre-production. And the mm -hmm. pre-production is pretty much to, to, to have all the songs ready. You get them all tight, you know, the way you want it to sound before you record. So you don't, you're not in the studio spending tons of money, you know, um, experimenting at yeah. least, you know, on every song. So, um, so like I said, this, this was more like the way, we did it back in the early eighties where we'd all be in the same room and I'd have my guitar. Chris would have his guitar ready to have his bass, you know, and we'd be showing each other ideas yeah. and the songs would be written that way and they'd be built. And back then, you know, we'd learn them together because yeah. we were young, you know, and we could remember everything. So <laughs> and now <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's the same way, but it's in a modern situation. So it's like, ideas fly and then we have the producer to turn the pro tools on to archive the ideas you know and then everybody sits with them and they, they you know give their opinion of what they like what they don't like you know and and then they get built that way it's it's cool if that's what's kind of being you know in a band is all about um is having everybody's uh ideas um and what what happened i i think on the you know, the last album was, I mean, I love the last album and everything, but yeah. the pre-production pre became a writing thing. You know, it, it, uh, we had to build the songs in the pre-production. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a different thing in the, and it's, and it's, um, you know, you have everybody's completed songs all being, brought to the table and you got to sift through it in pre-production which you know it's it's a different scenario so the way we did it on this album i think was way more efficient i mean we we were doing five or six ideas a day and we we stopped at like 22 songs and and uh, our producer zeus said we gotta figure out the the 10 or 12 songs that we're going to concentrate on and, you know, after about four, three or four think tank sessions in Florida, um, 
you know, we, we nailed the 12 songs and then we went into this mansion and set up the drums and recorded the drums there. It was actually uh, Hulk Hogan's uh, old mansion. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. In, uh, in Tampa. And, uh, got the drum sounds and then then we went back to to todd our singer's uh studio and then did everything else wow and uh so it was done in a in a you know a i think probably a a, a six week time span and turned out great yeah the album's amazing i mean it's if you're a Queens right fan, I mean, you just you're gonna love it because it's. I mean, it's Queens right. I mean, it's it, it. It doesn't matter if it's 2022 or or 1982. You know, there's something about your sound. There's something about you know the band that has uh, you know really draws guys like me and you know as a guitar player myself. You know, I, I not only the vocals too in in your band has always been you know. They've always been supreme. They've always been top notch in that. What is it that you, is there anything at all that you miss personally about the old days that you wish were a part of the new days today? Is there anything that that you did as a guitar player or as a band that you kind of wish you could re- resurrect or revisit today? Um, well, I, I think the, the, the schedules have been, you know, crunched a little bit these days and it's like you don't have the uh, flexibility of uh you know months and months of uh recording and writing like the old days so you have to be more efficient now um but i think you know this album uh you know zeus told me goes let's let's get more of a a, a vintagey reich sounding album mm. and br- bring your martial heads in so so i brought my uh i brought six marshall heads and we wired them all up and we used this uh two note captor to do cabinet cabinets on the in the software and then we uh you know it was uh each marshall head had a different sound you know mm-hmm. a different character and you know because they were from different eras of recording you know like we had a, a rage for order amp we had a empire amp we had a mind crime you know 100 watt head amp we had uh a promised land head 50 watt and, and it's like so we do combinations and uh uh dependent on what the song was and yeah. for me, that was it was really fun, but it does give kind of a, uh, I think, a vintagey feel, and mm-hmm. um, just just the way that that we approach the the recording. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. So, what is it? What's the plan right now? I know you're on tour with uh, Priest. How long are you going to be doing that for? Um, we're 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 done in December, and then we're taking some time off uh we we do you know a few fly dates here and there and then uh we have uh the headline tour which is going to be in 2023 probably around the end of february or beginning of march or something like that so it's it's already booked i know 
you know, the management has already showed me the dates. So we got that for next year. And then, you know, possibly, you know, going to Europe or South America, it depends, you know, it's, it's like this global recession thing is happening and it's, um, it's, it's making, you know, traveling abroad, uh, quite a challenge. So, um, but we're, we're, uh, um, you know, we're booked and we can just keep, keep doing our thing for, you know, a couple more years supporting this album. So that's, that's right. kind of how we do it. You can support it for two or three years. So we'll just keep doing that until yeah. we uh, write the next, write the next one. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. So let me ask you this uh, uh, before I let you go, what is it that, that you personally, Michael, like to do apart from, playing music and touring with with queens right i mean are are you a guy that you know likes to read i mean do you go hunting i mean what is it that you enjoy because i'm sure you probably don't get a whole lot of downtime you know i'm sure your schedule is pretty pretty tight but you know is there anything Um, you enjoy doing i'm 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 kind of uh you know well i'm a sports guy you know so i i i like to uh, uh i like to golf Oh really? Yeah, I'm, cool. I'm you know an average golfer, but uh, yeah. it's 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 a sport that you can't master, you know. So you're you're <laughs> always trying to to get better, and uh, um, but yeah, I like I like doing that, you know. Yeah. I like um, I'm older now, so it's like I'll I'll I like to ride bikes and and, uh, and golf in my spare time. Yeah. Well, that's cool. You, you know what? It's you got to have something that can just take your mind away from, you know, all the distraction and the noise of the busyness, you know, of what mm-hmm. you do. Because I understand, you know, just how crazy it can be in that. Uh, yeah, my, there's but, something there's something serene about being in a green situation on a golf course, yeah. even though you know I may suck at it sometimes. It's like it's uh, it's still uh, yeah. You know, it takes you away from that other element. Yeah. I'm and, a horrible golfer, but I love to do it, <laughs> you know, yeah. simply because of what you're saying. I just, I, I don't know. There's something so peaceful about it. And even though I get frustrated at it because, you know, <laughs> I'm the king of the slice, <laughs> the 20, the 20 yard slice. That's me. Right. <laughs> Swing hard, take chances. <laughs> that's it right there. I tell you what, Michael, it has been an absolute uh, pleasure picking your brain and and, uh, chatting with you today. And I wish you and the band all the success in the world on this tour and going into 2023. I hope things in Europe and South America open up for you guys so that you can just kill it like you normally do. The album's great. I mean, what else can you say, right? All right. Thanks so much for the support. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's great. Gotta, All right, man. Uh, keep live music going, man. We gotta you, do it. Support you bet. It. Take care of yourself. All right. right. All right. Bye. Okay. See you. Bye. Well, you know, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Michael Wilton uh, from Queens. Right. I want to thank Michael for participating in this episode. Later on down the road, we're gonna have Queens Right on uh, Metal Madness. So it's a twofer. That's what we do around here. We do twofers. It's going to be great. 
Make sure you're checking them out. Make sure you're listening to their new music. Go see them when they're on tour. They're a great band. You already know it. I don't have to convince you. I don't have to arm wrestle you for it, even though I will. If we got to, we'll go that far. And then also, too, remember to go to guitartalkofficial.com. Subscribe. Become a member. Don't cost anything. And you get, you know what, access to all of our videos, everything that's going on in GTTV. It is free till the end of the year. So Merry Christmas and ho, ho, ho. Yeah, all that good crap. Until next week, I'm Jimmy Warren. Thank you so much for tuning in to Guitar Talk.